Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So, Samantha. Oh, Lord. <laughs> My question for you today is, if if you found like one of those uh, not at all suspicious uh, boxes or lamps that you can make one wish, what would the wish be? Oh, that's a loaded question. Because, you know... It's going to go wrong. Being practical, I wouldn't be... I want more wishes yeah. first. Absolutely. Uh, um, and then I would ask to have unlimited wishes. Mm. And then mm-hmm. also unlimited tape backs if I don't Ooh, like it. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. smart. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Because mm-hmm. it will inevitably go wrong after a certain amount of time. Oh, you have to be so specific. It's like you you'd have to hand one of those documents that has all the like clauses and subclauses. Right. And like. So I could definitely be like, and I want you to know what I'm thinking in my head when I say these wishes. Yeah, yeah. But I that think- still could go wrong. That's the thing. It never seems to go right. I'm trying to think of one instance in media where making the wish goes right. I guess in Aladdin, when he makes the final wish. To free him? Yeah, to free the genie. That goes right, I suppose. Supposedly. Okay. Yeah, we, we don't know how it sequel. went. There exactly. ends up being a sequel, so obviously it didn't go well. <laughs> I think there's multiple sequels, and we don't know what happened behind the scenes. One of them is Return of Jafar, who becomes a genie himself. Wow. I'm always impressed with your knowledge. You're welcome. Of these lesser known films. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. I don't really know that lesser known. I just don't think you know. Lesser known to me. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me amend my statement. Because the few, few films we've talked about are not lesser known. You just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, 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 Agree with you. You are correct in this matter. So wait, so what would your wishes be? Oh, I I think I agree with you. Although like I did a whole, as you know, I love horror movies and I tried to like word my wishes so specifically. And then I kept thinking of all the ways they could be misinterpreted or that could go wrong. And I just got so overwhelmed. It was one of those like montage sequences in a movie where they keep throwing like the balled up paper in the trash can. Mm -hmm. Um, so I never arrived at something that I, I thought couldn't be ultimately turned against me, which is, I guess the moral is, be careful what you wish for. Every time. Mm-hmm. It's like the monkey paw. The monkey paw. Well, <laughs> you know, the name of this episode, what is and what should be, is, is inspired by the Supernatural episode with the djinn, Aww. where uh, Dean gets pulled into his dream world. Right. Um, with his family all alive, and it's super... Um, Suburban, I guess. Normal, boring. Normal. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. We're not specifically talking about wishes today. Um, So, I did want to put in here a trigger warning for sexual assault and abuse. There's nothing too in-depth, but it's kind of the meat of this conversation, which is this idea I've been struggling to articulate for a while. It's been on my mind for a long time. And it mostly comes up when... I'm thinking about the depiction of rape in the media, but not always. And I'll get into a different example not to do with sexual assault in a minute. But essentially, it's an anxiety I have around depicting things, usually bad things, 
the way they are, uh, though often missing key perspectives, like the key perspective, um, and whether or not that perpetuates them. And also the entertainment value of depicting those things and who's making those things and how it's framed and how it's portrayed um, and how all of those things obviously play into the anxiety I have around this. So to kind of break that down a little bit, we know the statistics when it comes to rape and women and girls and sexual assault and abuse. The fact is a lot of women do worry about rape and have been sexually assaulted. And I don't think we should shy away from those stories and telling those stories. And in a way, I feel like it's our responsibility to not shy away from that. But at the same time, if that's all we ever see, and particularly if the scene is graphic or gratuitous from the male perspective, then I get, I'm really worried that it's self-perpetuating, that it helps keep the status quo in place. And because it's done for entertainment, and it so often does cater to the male gaze, to this idea that women are property, even when it comes to the male hero being enraged at what happened to his uh, love or significant other, there's always, always, always this air of toxic masculinity that another man has used, in heavy quotes, his property. And like a shame around that. Like he's ashamed mm -hmm. that that happens. And... We've talked about this a bit in our female revenge episodes when it comes to that big category of rape revenge films and the importance of having these stories be told by women and centering it on the women's perspective. Um, seeing rape in something like Game of Thrones, I had this reaction like, I'm sure this world is rife with this. I'm sure. But I'm not sure it was necessary to show it, and I'm not sure it was necessary to show it in this particular way. Right. So, yeah, that, it's just something I've been thinking about because the numbers are high. And, and you know, I've said a lot lately on, on the show, I've been watching so many horror movies lately. So many horror movies, Smith. And just scraping the bottom of the barrel. And I, I've realized that in probably nine of the last 10 I've seen, it ends with the final girl, the main female character, tied up, usually wearing white, and there's like sexual overtones that she is in danger of being raped or sexually assaulted. Right. And I don't know. It's just, if that's all we ever see, and if it's, again, it's so important who's telling the story mm -hmm. and how it's shot and who's being centered in it. Yeah, that's definitely a whole breakdown of the conversation. What's the point? What does it lead to? Um, is it entertainment value? Is it for shock value? What is yeah. what is the reasoning behind it? Because as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about the book, The Rape of Nanking, and the historical aspect of what happened in the small village of Nanking and the many women who were horribly abused. And there was a movie made out of it uh, with Christian Bale as the protagonist in it and the hero who was a drunken priest with this group of young girls and this group of female sex workers at that point in time, and this variation of heroism, as well as um, the conversation of who's the bad guy, who's the good guy. And a lot of it had to center around whether the main character was, there had to be a romance line in it, which was so 
fucking stupid that there was not this historical context. There's nothing romantic about this point of view. There's none, none of that necessary. Right. And yet the hero is rewarded with a love interest and or sex. I can't quite remember. Um, and it's really disgusting. Like you just devalued the whole point of this conversation right. because you made this entertainment point and of course a white savior in a, a part of this as well which is a whole other story, of course, we've talked about previously. But this whole level, like, this is a horrific tragedy. And what happened to these people? What happened to this village? What happened to these women were awful. And it needs to be talked about. And unfortunately, and those, I don't know if you've ever um, studied it or looked at any of the books, but those pictures are horrific. They are gut-wrenching. I think I was scarred and damaged where I like went into myself for a good week because I was so heavily triggered about the trauma of it all. And then to take that and put it into this Hollywood movie, yeah. uh, that type of depiction, it is so gross. It was so humiliating. It was so like dehumanizing yeah. for the actual victims who had gone through these things. And whether it was partially <laughs> based on a true story, why? Why did you have to put this whitewashed love story in the middle of this disgusting, horrific act that is still not being acknowledged to the full, that it's not been given its um, due, essentially, and apologies that it is deserved. And you had, like, the entertainment world, where did this, we have to sell a movie Mm -hmm. versus we want to tell this history come in. And yeah, I think that's what is and what should be is exactly this conversation of, yeah, okay, this is important. We need to have this conversation. We can't ignore the rape and murder and all of these things to these women that has happened and and the constant abuse that happened and and the chaos and the mass, uh, essentially, genocide of these people. But at the same time, this is the only way you could think to tell the story? Yeah, that's exactly it. I feel like and I, I mean, this is a large generalization, and it's not true for everyone by any means. But uh, the topic of rape is such a sensitive and personal thing, and it should be handled that way. And if you're going to depict it instead of like, well, even if you're going to mention it, but especially if you're going to depict it, I feel like you need someone who knows what that entails and knows what that means for usually the woman in it. And it will make a better story. Uh, Maybe not one that's more uh, fun and Hollywood like popcorn, but it shouldn't be. (laughs) It shouldn't be. And I just feel like so many times it's just a plot point as our women in general have served in movies and TV for so long to fuel the male storyline. But that's just helping prop up rape culture if you're depicting this as an act of one man to essentially piss off another man. Um, Because she doesn't matter, ultimately. Her pain doesn't matter. Right. So, yeah, that's that's one aspect of it. But I did want to put in a a less uh, serious one. So I was on... um, (laughs) <laughs> the Bechdel cast a while back discussing the Avengers. And this came up when they were talking about Black Widow. We were all talking about Black Widow and how she uses emotional manipulation and seduction as tools, basically weaponizing her femininity because that's the world we live in. 
Uh, that's what is, uh, which makes sense. And yes, probably a lot of female spies do that. Although I guess if you could take in James Bond, you could argue a lot of male spies do that. But um, also, why couldn't they have gone another way and focused on something else? Because she was the only woman, uh, it was about giving men what they want. She's There's definitely shots in that film where you can tell, oh, they shot this the male audience in mind. Um, and don't get me wrong, she's badass. Black Widow is badass. I'm not mad about this per se. I just have, again, if that's all we're seeing, I have an anxiety about it. Right. It does make you wonder when you look at the Marvel world, because when you see Captain Marvel, that is not a part of her conversation. She's just the badass that went into space and lost yeah. her memory. And maybe yeah. that's the whole point of like Alien as well, as where even though they're awful and they want to kill us all, apparently, mm-hmm. um, aliens in general, but they're also a little more progressive in that they don't see women as just that one main thing. Yes, which is why I have sung the praises many times about science fiction because I do think you can paint outside of, it's easier to paint outside of all of our systems and structures we have in place. Um, So that's, yeah, Marvel is definitely changing. But at the time when the Avengers came out, she was the only woman. And I don't know, Like, there's just a part of me that is, yes, we live in a world where you would use that as a woman. But I want to see something else. (laughs) Right, well, when you think about The Smiths, uh, the, the spy film with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, which both of them are spies, the beginning scene, you see Angelina Jolie play the dominatrix mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt, the drunk guy who stumbles on the poker game. It yeah. is such a weird variation, but like that's exactly the setup of, this is spies. These are what spies do. Female spies have sex <laughs> yeah. and male spies pretend like they're drunk. Yep. Yeah. And get in fights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an interesting... You could really expound this idea out into... Um, stereotypes and tropes in general, and then particularly when it comes to marginalized people and marginalized voices. I know this has been in in conversation a lot lately with um, Black stories and most of the ones getting awards being about enslaved people. Again, if that's all we ever see, that's a problem. Right. It's a problem. <laughs> and what what impact does that have on how people see these marginalized people? So... Yeah, and, and I've caught myself writing stuff where I'm like, yes, this is the way the world is. But by writing it down, and am I keeping it that way? Am I helping keep it in place? Because um, it's not how I want the world to be. But at the same time, we can't ignore reality, but we can dream for better. I just, clearly this is something that I have so many, I'm torn about. Um well, it's definitely a breakdown of the conversation of how do we see this issue in general and who does it value, who does it uh, benefit? Yes. And how does it benefit them? And then you've got to take on the larger conversation of uh, the I want it to be good, realistic, successful versus I want to break down the system as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I, like you can go for both. And I do think, um, again, we say this all the time. I, I think representation is key. If we're getting more stories, then this wouldn't be as big of a problem. And I definitely think, like, as a woman writing down things about rape, which we're going to come back to and I'm going to talk about more in a future episode, that's different than a man doing it. Like, as a woman who's been through it, it's inherently different. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I can still examine the messages that I might unknowingly be imparting. Any of the fiction that I've ever written um, and short stories that I've ever written, it is never, I've never even come close to the idea of writing about rape or molestation. Like it just kind of bypasses into one word sentence of alluding to it, like you were saying yeah. earlier, and moving on and talking about the psychosis of after the facts because I don't know if I could put myself through that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's also been on my mind a lot and we're going to return to that because uh, I'm very torn about that as well. And there are huge arguments about whether we should depict it at all, even women, no matter what. Um, and that's, I can see why some people feel that way. Um, yeah. I think, unfortunately, we've come to, come to the culture if we have to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, Again, like when we did that rape and revenge one, and I watched, like there's been a recent spate of rape and revenge movies written by women, directed by women, starring women from the woman's perspective who who was sexually assaulted. And they were much more emotionally resonant and powerful to me. It felt much less like, oh, look at this semi-sexy thing. Right. Um, and much more look at this devastating, horrific act and the right. damage it has throughout. So um, I'm glad that's happening and we're having this discussion. Um, again, if it's just, I think it boils down to if this is all we're seeing and we're not having the actual conversations about what it looks like in reality and we're just painting it as entertainment, that's a problem. Um, and we do need more representation and we need representation by marginalized people who are writing those stories and, and fueling those stories. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, just in the example that I'm talking about, the sexualization of Asian women in general and geisha yeah. girls and concubines, which yeah. was all up in that <laughs> awful yeah. movie, um, mm -hmm. it, it definitely is. It's kind of like, oh yeah, this is who they are and seduction is part of what they do. So therefore, of course, rape is going to be a natural part of this. Right. But yeah, more marginalization and representation. Yeah. We need more. Yeah. Um, and so it's probably obvious, but this is, it was a bit of a, just something I've had on my brain I'm trying to work through. So if anyone has any suggestions or thoughts about this, I would love to hear them. I know Samantha would too. Uh, and you can send them to us at our email at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I never told you. Thanks as always to our super producers, Andrew Howard and JJ Posway. Thanks, y'all. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 